E-S-N-Y. can't say i've partaken in the last eight years so oh that's okay yeah it's all right i'm sure you're still a good person yeah well okay (laughs) right okay anyway so hello um hi everyone welcome we're back i mean i guess that's the first thing i don't know if it's been a month i know i (laughs) i don't know if anyone noticed but we missed a week so we had a lot of stuff going on so we kind of had to take care of that you know so, but we're back, we're here, and we've got lots to discuss today. So, um, just wanted to quickly introduce ourselves, and then James can announce the podcast, but this is James Kelly over there. I am Gina, I'm, I'm sorry, Allison Case. I'm just kidding, that was a bad joke. <laughs> not not Gina, who will not be named on this podcast, who is not well. She we'll is talk not about a well that. person. We'll talk about that. I'll tell my side of the story. Um but I just wanted to confirm that I am not Brett Gardner stalker. That is, not, it's not me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, there's no one. No one's listening, Allison. Just between you and me, is it you? It is not me. Mm. Okay. No. We'll let, the, we'll let the people decide. You know what? That's what we'll do. Just if you want to drop a five star review this week, you just tell Allison she's the stalker, or don't. Let's argue it out in the review section on five-star reviews on whether Allison Case is Brett Gardner's stalker or not. See, this is the problem when you build a brand. Like, then you have this thing. And, of course, the one player who just, you know, he's not – no offense to Brett Gardner, but he's not the most attractive player on the team by any means. Like, Yeah, he kind of looks like a thumb. Okay, right. We went over this. But, yeah. (laughs) So of all people, of course, this happens and then everyone just immediately jumps down my throat. You know, my DMs, my mentions, everyone was literally, I, I basically woke up Monday morning. I'll tell you guys, I, um, I got in a car accident. So I woke up Monday morning, wasn't feeling great. And literally I'm like, why is my Twitter blowing up? And I see this. So thank you, everyone. I appreciate that. And also shout out to, uh, to Eric Hubs from Barstool uh, on the short porch. He went out of his way to confirm for everyone that you are not the stalker, probably. Right. I'm uh, Honestly, I have alibis, so hit me up if you want to hear them. That's fair. She's got alibis, too. She never showed up. They were all TV signals. All right. So this is episode 46. 46 of the Bleacher Creatures Brett Gardner Stalker Probably podcast presented by Elite Sports New York. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. And since we're not talking about Brett Gardner, what do you want to start with? Um, hey, let's start with let's start with the fact that 2020 is looking like a repeat of 2019. Mm, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't either. I mean, first you got 
Aaron Judge, slightly injured, you know, taking his time to come back. You've got Luis Severino complaining of forearm soreness. And then a couple days later, them confirming that he's probably going to need Tommy John surgery. And then the next day, him saying, yeah, I'm definitely going to go get Tommy John surgery. And then this afternoon, you got Stanton coming out saying, oh, I was doing defensive drills and I, you know, I strained my calf pretty severely. Not great. You got not great. No, not good. And you know what? I wrote an article earlier this week about just how concerning these injuries are in spring training, which was not very until today until today. I mean, does Clint Frazier like have a voodoo curse out on the outfield there? Because I I just don't really understand. You know what it is? I'm shout out to our guy, Josh. Uh, he told me when the Severino news broke, he said, dude, I have this hat and every time I wear it, the Yankees lose and someone gets hurt. So I told him I, the wisdom of bull Durham, you've seen that movie, right? Of course. I said, Jose gets a hex put on his glove by his girlfriend. And he says, guys, don't throw the ball to me, which is ridiculous. First of all, cause he was the first baseman. So what are you supposed to do with the grounder? <laughs> he says, don't put, don't throw to me. I can't catch anything. He goes, I'll take the hex off my glove. You got to cut the head off a live rooster. So I told Josh, I said, Josh, you got to cut the head off a live rooster. And he didn't do it. And then the Stanton news breaks today. So this is all on Josh, all of it, the entire thing, Josh Benjamin's fault. Let me find, I'm going to find his Twitter in case anybody wants to tweet at him and tell him that everything is his fault. Yeah. And even send him a chicken if you really want to, that would be very helpful. Yeah, it's Josh B-E-S-N-Y. Go ahead. Go ahead and add him. Tell mm. him he's got to cut the head off a live rooster or the Yankees aren't going to win the World Series in 2020. I Yeah, this is this is the real deal. This is it. This is scary stuff. I just don't know why it's all happening so soon. Like, this is, these are, ugh. okay. First of all, the majority of these injuries, because obviously James Paxton is out too. Um, He had surgery. He is expected to return um, May, June timeframe. Not really positive on that, but Luis Severino's injury said it's been bothering him since, you know, October. I think that's the worst part of all this, where it's like, I, I get that we're not medical professionals, so we don't really know what could possibly be going on, like why they choose to do certain things when they don't choose to do other things. But like everybody who's hurt from last year still, and it's it's coming right back. And it's just exactly. it's flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks to last year. We're talking about, I don't know, Aaron Hicks, uh, he should be ready to go by opening day. And we don't see him till June. It's incredibly difficult to just sit here and, and, you know, kind of take this information and you obviously don't want to, ex- you don't want to think that this means the season's over because I mean, you, you can't determine that at all. You know, the Yankees have several great players last year that they did this all without several key players. They'll be fine. But the problem is right in the very beginning, when you've got this guy that was supposedly your ACE before you signed Garrett Cole, you know, coming back off of injury, pitched a couple times in the postseason, ready for another full season, gone. You've got James Paxton, who was by far the strongest pitcher down the stretch for the Yankees, gone. You've got Aaron Judge, hurt and gone. 
You've got Stanton, who you literally just signed a couple of years ago or literally brought over a couple of years ago, who's had a multitude of injuries that can just, you know, fill a sheet of paper front and back. Gone. You got Aaron Hicks, not in there anymore. He's injured too. So you're looking at a starting outfield of Brett Gardner, which I love. I love. Obviously. We'll talk about that of later. Course. Of course. Yep, I love Brett Gardner. So you've got a starting outfield of Brett Gardner, and then you've got possibly, well, you got Mike Talkman. So those are the two vets in the outfield. But then you've got Clint Frazier, who defensively is definitely not strong enough to be a starting outfielder, at least not yet. Um, Miguel Andujar, who literally was just switched over from one position to another just yeah, because he started they playing outfield a week ago. A exactly. week ago, he started playing outfield. Exactly. And then, I mean, besides that, you've got Tyler Wade, who could be like a backup outfielder, you know, because he can kind of really do anything. But that's not, that's not good. No, I just I remember thinking back to like 2018, James, I just started writing for ESNY and I was like, I really don't know how Clint Frazier is going to find time in this outfield with all these stars. I mean, you got Judge, you got Gardner, you got Hicks. Like, where is Clint Frazier going to play? Well, now, two years later, we're like, I think Clint Frazier might be one of the most important people on this team. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> else can play. Honestly, for me, the most important person on this team after all these injuries is Jay Happ. Oof. Listen, Oof. I know that this offseason, he literally was a trade chip. Trade rumors swirling everywhere. People were ready for him to be gone. Now he's the number three starter in the rotation. Yeah, thank God we didn't trade him. That would have been that would have been a real ugly look right now. How much you want to bet that Cash and the Yankees were like worried about injuries, maybe about Severino. You know, he really didn't start his throwing program until just recently. Um you know, worried about that, worried about James Paxton's injury history and just figured maybe it's a good idea to hold on to him for the time being. And then once things are fine, we'll trade him in the middle of the season. Yeah, I don't think I don't know what Jay Half's incentive uh, incentives are for his option to vest for next year, but I don't think Brian Cashman was ever intending to let him get remotely close to hitting those. And I think he's just backed into a corner now. We might have Jay Happ again in 2021. Just because just right. of all this injury stuff where it's like, we didn't want him. We wanted his option not to hit, but we had no choice but to start him for 30 games. Well, look at that. The guy that nobody wanted is now the number three starter because you can't put Jordan Montgomery in the third position just yet. You can't put Michael King in there. You can't put Debbie Garcia in there. And here's the other question is, do you go out and look for another starter after you just spent millions of dollars on Garrett Cole? No, yeah, I don't. Not gonna, I don't think you can do it now, especially not, not until the trade deadline. I got to go around the league and look and see what teams are going to be bad and if they have any expiring contracts. Because maybe come the trade deadline, you start looking around. But I think Cashman said he wants to keep it with internal options now, which I guess is fine because I always have a soft spot for guys who came up through our system. So even if they don't succeed, I'm. I'd still rather see them pitch than see like we'll go out and sign Colin McHugh to give us four innings once a week. Like, I'm not interested in seeing Colin McHugh for four innings once a week. I don't care about that. I'd rather see Davey Garcia come up and not pitch that well. And uh, just learn. Just learn, kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And uh, this injury really, really changes up the rotation. And it makes you wonder, does CC Sabathia want to come out of retirement? I don't think CeCe's coming anywhere near this team. <laughs> 
<laughs> he'll be like, yes, I would love to pitch, but only for two series. That's it. Yeah, we all know which series. That's exactly. fine. We all know what we're talking about. Exactly. It's just, it's very, very upsetting. The fact that the season hasn't even started and already the Yankees, well, Stanton, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but they did say they're not sure if he'll be ready for the start of the season, which kind of sucks. And then obviously Luis Severino out for the entire 2020, probably not even attending spring training in 2021. You know, it really all depends on on what happens. But and then you've got Jordan Montgomery coming off of Tommy John surgery, which honestly, he lo- he's looked good so far. Yeah, fastball you know, touched 94. Yeah, he's got that yeah. high release point on the curveball. I like him a lot. I've and, always liked I mean, Gumby. As much as everyone hates Jay Happ, and although it was only two innings of work in spring training, um, you know, he he shut everyone down, two scoreless innings, three strikeouts. Um, but he also, he touched 93 as well, and he doesn't typically reach 93 until the very end of spring training. Encouraging sign. And so, also, I think when it comes to Jay Happ, you got to worry about the ball, too. Are we using the right. juice ball again, which is what everyone's saying? Like, what ball are we playing with? Because I feel like, I have no evidence to back this up, but I feel like Jay Happ got beat by a couple wall scrapers a lot more often than anybody else. That's actually true. I did look at a few of his home runs from last year. I mean, he allowed 34. That's, oof, that's it's absurd. Yikes. That's we're talking about like Masahiro in 2017 range for the home mm-hmm. runs where it's just like, all right, here's the obligatory Masahiro Tanaka home run. Let's see how we overcome it today. Which he actually did during their game today. He gave up a two-run home run early. I did see that. It is uh, This is the worst part about spring training and being an adult. Like It is so difficult to watch the games or listen to them on the radio. And I mean, it also kind of stems into the next conversation that we want to talk about. We couldn't watch Garrett Cole debut. <laughs> exactly. That is the next piece of news is that Garrett Cole, the free agent who signed for millions of dollars, record contract for a pitcher, biggest signing by far of the offseason, and his first appearance for the New York Yankees, although spring training still, was not televised. I had to listen to it on Pittsburgh radio. It was ugly. It was brutal. And then, of course, you know, people are coming out of the woodwork and saying, oh, we paid, you know, this much money for this guy to pitch one inning. We're like, dudes, it's spring training. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, people overreact. We're going to talk about Yankees Facebook in a little while because I didn't even know that world existed. I thought Mm. Yankees Twitter was bad, but holy shit, Yankees Facebook is a disaster. (laughs) I also just want to give a quick shout out to Sean Corby on Twitter. I don't know what his ad is, but he was sitting behind home plate for Garrett Cole's start, live streamed the entire thing. Hero. I did see that. That man is a hero. Absolutely. It's just what we wanted to see, really. And also, I mean, not just Garrett Cole, but some of the starters were having their first appearances. So Stanton was having his first appearance that day. Uh, Brett Gardner was having his first appearance that day. I think there was someone else, too. But, um, yeah, so that's. Yeah, I mean, it's not the Yes Network's fault either. I mean, like. I'm sure their their programming schedule has been set for a while. And how are they supposed to know that Garrett Cole was going to pitch on the third spring training game? But like, it was kind of annoying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. just want to see this. We we spent the whole offseason. Everything was about Garrett Cole. And I can't even watch him throw his first pitch in spring training. Ugh. 
I got to tell you, though, the New York Yankees fans are really, really pumping up Garrett Cole. Um, you know, they're cheering him on in the, the, the stadiums just filled during this start. Um, from what I saw from the different videos, you've got Garrett Cole on a two strike count in the first inning and people are on their feet, like just chanting and cheering and even like his practices and stuff when he's going out to do, um, to do work for on the practice field, people are just going insane over him. Like, yeah, they're treating him right. They're treating him how he should be treated. He's a, he's a star. I mean, that's our new CC Sabathia. We're looking mm-hmm. at this guy like this is the rest of his career that he's he's our pitcher. No one else no one else gets him. He's not going anywhere else. Garrett Cole belongs to us entirely for the rest of his career. So we got to treat him like that. We own him. We own his soul. I mean, seriously, yeah. But two strikeouts, one inning of work, you know, he he did the job. He did walk a batter, but he probably just kind of wanted us to like see that he is human and just make sure that we are aware. But the rest Fair. of the stuff Lights out. Just looks good. He hit 98 on the radar gun. That's fast for your first week. 98 in February. He's a fucking lunatic, too. The way he talks about his bullpen sessions, and he was like, the first thing he said when he came off the field and did an interview after his spring training game was like, oh, well, you know, a couple of those pitches I didn't really execute the way I wanted to. I was like, bro, you threw 19 pitches, and the first thing you talk about is the two you didn't execute the way you wanted to? You're a lunatic. You're a psychopath. You're our psychopath, but you're a psychopath. He's definitely ours. I mean, that's that's the Yankee way, though, like literally, you know, the positive. Absolutely. Go with the positive. But there are ways to be better. You want to be perfect. He he fits right in. He knows he knows exactly what to do. And that's why everyone loves him, except I'm sure if I go onto Yankees Facebook, I'll find somebody complaining that he's overpaid. Now, what do we do with Garrett Cole since everyone kind of around him is getting injured? Like, what should we do? Uh, I don't know. I liked I liked Hubs's idea of wrapping him in bubble wrap. I think that would be efficient. I think we make sure we get him to opening day a okay. Maybe if we wanted to be a little chiller, we just send him on vacation because uh, we know he's going to continue to pitch on his own. Uh, but then there's no risk. Like the way last year went, if that happened this year, I would think Garrett Cole was going to take a comebacker off the right arm. Oof, like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's just like how I would how I would picture that going down based on how 2019 went down. So maybe he just doesn't pitch anymore until opening day. And I think I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. He's clearly ready. 98, 98, February 24th. Ah! Yeah, he's clearly ready to go. And I mean, we're opening against the Orioles. Does he really need his A shit? I don't think so. No, Glaber's going to hit Glaber seven Torres. home runs. Yeah. He just needs uh, baby Yoda Glaber Torres by his side. That's oh, it. That's there, all. Isn't there a isn't there a baby Yoda bobblehead day coming up at the stadium? I think there is, yes. Or there's like a that. Star Wars bobblehead day and people are anticipating it's going to be like Glaber Baby Yoda. <laughs> Genius. I mean, Genius. honestly. Speaking I will of pay bobbleheads. For those tickets. <laughs> speaking of bobbleheads, did you see the bobblehead that um a minor league team is going to be doing? Using? Oh, now I gotta find it. It is a trash can course oh yeah but it's like oscar the grouch but it's astro the grouch genius genius i don't i actually i remember seeing this it's not even a minor league team they're an indie ball like they're not affiliated with anyone 
but they're so oh, yeah. like up, they're so upset about the Houston Astros. They're in a whole other league, and they're like, yeah, fuck those guys. Saint the Saint Paul Saints. Good for them, Saint Paul. I'll go to That's one of their games. Shit. Or are they it's, in Minnesota? I'll travel in Minnesota. It's fine. They but they're it. giving them away to the first 15,000 fans. How many people do they get at their games? For Astro the Grouch bobblehead day? Come on. Everyone. It's the whole state of Minnesota right there. I guess so. <laughs> did, you, did you like that accent? Did I do it right? <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Anyone from Minnesota, let me know if I did it wrong, though, because I want to I wanna respect your culture, but I also want to do it right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I saw that today. I thought that was hilarious too. And, you know, we've also seen around the league as part of our, our news as well. The Astros are, they're already getting plunked. Oh yeah. Um, they're getting hit in the back on the shoulder, all that jazz, you know, it's intentional. Yeah. A, a breaking ball quote unquote yeah. got away from someone on the Cardinals today. To <laughs> Alex, Alex Bregman, Bregman of all people, okay. of all people, you don't I say. So, uh, yeah, so they're getting, they're getting beaned. Nothing's happening yet, but clearly people are upset. Fans are upset. The Mets literally booed Springer into swinging at a terrible pitch because he couldn't hear the garbage can over the boos. Nailed it. Thought so. But he also, like, swung around like, you know, one of those uh, little kids when they first learned to swing the bat, and they just kind of, like, keep going around in circles. So he did that. Yeah, so without the garbage can, you're basically saying he's a T-baller? Yeah, Essentially, yes. <laughs> Listen, I like George Springer. I think he's a good dude. Um, you know, he does some great things for the community and stuff like that. But it's it's hard to to put the differences aside with this whole situation going on and say, yeah, this person's a good dude because he he cheated. I mean, there's no other way to around it. Hey, yeah. Look, you can do a lot of work in the community, and that's great. That makes you a good person. But you're not a good ball player. Morally we'll speaking, we'll see. I do like him. I think he's a, I think he is a good ball player. So I would like to see that be actually proven this season of him of all people. I think from the Astros. I the only thing I really want out of this year is for the Astros to miss the playoffs, which I know isn't going to happen, but it would make me so happy if Mike Trout led the Los Angeles Angels into the playoffs over the Houston Astros. That would make me so happy. Yes, indeed. And they wouldn't even need the playoff uh, rule that was strictly for Mike Trout. Oh, I hate that rule. I mean, we covered it two weeks ago, but I still hate it. We, Yeah, I know. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Um, so next topic, um, we have to cover it. Brett Gardner has a stalker. It is scary. It is also not me. Okay? Confirmed. It has sort of, been confirmed. Probably. I mean, I, I don't know what else I can do. But listen, I know I have a brand. I know I love Brett Gardner. I do the reaction videos all the time. and But it's not me, guys. I'm not Gina. I'm not her. Okay? I haven't had one filed against me. No restraining order. No nothing like that. I am good. I am just a good old-fashioned, admire-from-a-distance person. I'm going to say it did not help your case when you uh, when you told Edvin that if you missed a Guardy party home run, you were going to lose it. <laughs> Didn't help well, your case. Well, because I haven't seen one since the postseason and it's been a long time. I wasn't I'm not looking for signals. I'm looking for home runs that help our team win. OK, 
I'm a team player. I am not just a Brett Gardner stalker. I'm not a stalker. No, <laughs> I'm a team player. Okay. Listen, I believe you. I'm we'll see if the people player. believe you. I'm a team player. That's all I can say. That's all I can say here. But, I mean, kind of the details of this whole situation are a little scary, to be completely honest. Oh, it's terrifying. Honest. For Brett Gardner, this, is, this right. is horrifying. Right. I mean, you know, especially with concern for his family, his wife, Jessica. I, I don't know Jessica, but. Mm. I, I, First I name know, basis. I know her name. My First God. name basis. Guy. <laughs> oh. But anyway. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's scary. It's scary stuff when you're, you're thinking that your family's in danger from someone who has taken things quite literally way too far. Um, I mean, asking for child support when they don't have any children. Yeah, she probably, I don't think she has like any children at all. Right. Like she's never been married to anyone else or I'm just like, why would you ask for child support if you don't have a kid? Right. Very, very peculiar. Um, But I think also this whole situation really gave me a better idea of how players react to fans when they're signing. You know, sometimes they don't stay out all the time. They only sign for a couple people, some of the little kids and stuff like that. You know, the ones that are a little more innocent and just kind of looking for their idol to be there. I mean, anyone could be there as like a potential stalker. Yeah. They could. It's scary. It's scary stuff. So, you know what? I've never... I've seen Brett Garner sign autographs, but he only signs for little kids and he really doesn't come out like after the games and stuff like that. And maybe this is why, maybe this explains everything. Maybe I always thought it was cause like, I don't know. I feel like ball players are very wary of the old guy. Who's like pushing kids to the side. Like, excuse me, I have to get to the front. I need my autograph. Yeah. I mean, that's, that guy is the worst. Oh, like exactly. The, the home run guy, um, what's his name? Zach Hample or mm-hmm. something. Like he just lives his entire life to catch home runs. He'll throw a kid onto the field if he has to to get a home run ball. Like that's not somebody that after a game I'm gonna be like, you know what? Like that guy deserves an autograph. Mm-hmm. No, who cares about the old guys? Right. If you're if you're above the age of 20, maybe even 18, and you're still bringing a a mitt to the game trying to like catch a home run ball like that, like. I mean, let it go, man. Use I mean, your bare I'm, hand or just give it to a kid. I look like I'm 18, so whatever. But Yeah, you passed for it. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you the I'll tell you what though. As as the years have gone by when I was a kid, especially at spring training, I loved to go down, love to like go and, you know, seek autographs. Now I'm more after like selfies. I'll be like, "Hey, let's take a selfie." You know, like a pic, yeah, whatever. Yeah, content game. You got to get that right. content out. Exactly. I'm all in the content game. But I, I think I've learned a little bit more, you know, just how important it is for the little the little kiddos, you know, to get oh, those absolutely. autographs and to be able to get that experience because that's awesome. So I went to um, a spring training game last year, last year where I met Clint Frazier and um, there were a couple little kids there. And they were kind of in the back and they were like trying to, you know, and I was like, guys, come here. And their parents like looked at me. I was like, it's okay. Like you guys can take my spot. So they ended up like coming up front. And of course, naturally, they're going to sign for the little kids. And they were so excited. They were like, mom, mom, I got Clint's autograph. You know, it was amazing. And like there was an older gentleman who wanted a, 
an autographed ball for his grandson. His grandson was a huge Clint Frazier fan. Aren't and we all? He, he was like, well, listen, I don't like to be in the crowds and stuff. He's like, but could you get an autograph for me? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. So I did. I got I took gave him the baseball. Clint signed it. And I just said, yes, yeah, for this gentleman back there for his grandson. He's like, oh, awesome. You know, very polite, very nice. And I gave the ball back to the grandpa. And he literally had me sit down next to him and called his grandson and put him on speakerphone. <laughs> and he was like, guess what? This girl here just got me an autograph for you of Clint Frazier. And he was so excited. That's and awesome. And he was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, it's it's fine. But, you know, being able to promote the game to, towards those little kids is just incredible. So if you're an adult and you're trying to stalk a baseball player, take a step back, think about it, and don't do it. Fair. Especially if you think they're giving you sexual signals from the outfield on the broadcast. They're not. They are not giving you signals. <laughs> I mean, do you think the sexual signal she thought was when uh, Brett Gardner and Masahiro Tanaka's face mashed together? Oh, my. Oh, I hated <laughs> that so much. Cringe. I, I see that in my nightmares. <laughs> the, the Masahiro Gardner. Oh. <laughs> So hopefully things have settled down. I know that um, Garner got uh, he got the approval for a restraining order and everything. And it's just sad that it, you know, it had to get to that point. And um, basically, here's the other thing is if you are going on Twitter and stalking this person's account and following her for this content, you're part of the problem. Don't do that. Don't encourage or enable bad behavior like that. Yeah, you gave her the courage to double down on the story. When people started calling her crazy, she was like, I appreciate all this attention I'm getting. I'm definitely not crazy, though. Like, yeah, you kind of are. The yeah. reason you're getting the attention is not the reason people usually get attention. Right. So let's stop enabling that, and hopefully hopefully help is uh, help is received where it is needed. Um, but yeah, it's a it's scary, scary story, but... Thank you for all your concern about me, but it's not me. But I thank you. I, I really do. Of course. Thanks for all the attention. I also really appreciate how we went from Brett Gardner stalker to extremely heartwarming story about Clint Frazier and an old man making the grandson's day. That was a very nice story. And then we went right back to this woman is a lunatic. <laughs> hey, you got to mix in the positive somewhere, you know? Listen, almost all of this so far is the negative. Injuries, Garrett Cole not being televised, freaking stalker that's not Allison stalking Brett Gardner. So, yeah, I mean, all negative. I'm going to have to go back to uh, when I when I put this out. I'm going to have to listen back and see how many times you said I'm not the stalker. And if it's over eight, then I'm going to get really worried that you actually are. Because that's just too many times to deny it. That's too many. All right, whatever. Fine. <laughs> Do I, do have, I, only... I do have a positive note, though. Oh, okay. It's not about Brett Gardner's stalker. Oh, okay, good. It's about Miguel Andujar. Yes, tell me about Miguel Andujar. According to Reggie Willits, he is progressing exceptionally well in left field, which is a huge surprise. Isn't it, though? I saw I mean, him. It's he... preposterous. 
he made a play today. He called off Glaber Torres, which is exactly what you have to do in the outfield. Yeah, he had a lot of confidence on that play. Yeah. Well, listen, and here's the other thing, too, I saw on Twitter. Reports that he just basically was, and this is my favorite part as a, as an outfielder myself, the fact that he literally was bouncing on his toes and taking, you know, steps as the pitch was being thrown, you know, kind of like walking into his stance. Oh, that yeah. is the sign of a really good outfielder. Yeah, I think it was I think it was Cuddy that was tweeting about mm-hmm. like, oh, like he looks really like overall engaged in this game. Like every mm-hmm. pitch he looks like he's hanging and dying on. Like And let's awesome. talk about that freaking swing that we've missed so bad. That helicopter oh, swing. The helicopter chopper. Let's go. Just he hit a double today. He hit a home run the other day as well. Um I he's looking pretty good at the plate. I mean, his hands are still so fast. Mhm. The only thing I'd love to see this year as compared to 2018, he didn't walk like ever. He was mm-hmm. basically Starling Castro. He hit 300 and he his on-base was like 330. Mm. Like that's not enough separation. You have to walk occasionally. But this year, I mean, if he starts taking pitches, working a couple walks, maybe waiting for a better pitch than one he would usually go after, like I mean, we're talking about a real weapon at the plate. Oh, absolutely. And the Yankees were 100% right. And it sounded ridiculous having him potentially try different positions. But seeing how he's been in the lineup at the plate, his presence there, you want that bat in the lineup, whatever way. And now we we might need him in left field. Shit. (laughs) At this point, you got you got two AAA players and you got Brett Gardner. We're looking at maybe Tyro Estrada getting a nod on opening day. <laughs> mm, that's true, too. Yeah, I mean, listen, the the one positive thing about that is it really gives us an opportunity to get to look at some of our prospects and, you know, some of the people that we really, really wanted in the lineup but just didn't know where they fit at the moment. We can worry about the rest later, but if opening day, Miguel Andujar's in left field, I'm okay with it because his bat's in the lineup. Yeah, that's fine with me. And again, it's also the Orioles, so who even cares? Like, it's basically still spring training. Um, but, like, I don't know. I, I really want to see Clint get more time, though. I don't think – I think Clint's getting real boned by this whole situation where all of a sudden injuries start coming. And instead of Clint being like, okay, like, I guess it's my turn, we're like, mm, let's teach Miguel and Duhar how to play left field. Right, right. I, yeah, I can understand the frustration for sure. And a lot of people are, you know, upset with his his attitude and the way he handles things. But, like, imagine being in his position. Like, he slugged when he was at the plate, and yet he still never got the opportunity to actually show what he could do for an entire season. Absolutely. And he's been hitting the ball so hard. Uh, I mean, his first game, he, he flew out twice, but both swings were like, oh, like, with the juiced ball, that's got a chance. Yeah, yeah. And I think he he doubled today right over the left fielder's head. Like the bat's there. The bat plays. It's just hopefully his his concussion problems are behind him. I think uh, maybe it was Brian Cashman or Boone was saying that in the wake of the concussion he was having depth perception problems. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to catch a fly ball when you have depth perception problems. Might explain why sometimes he's diving at balls that are 10 feet away from him. Mm-hmm. That plays that anybody could just roll out of their couch and make and he just a professional athlete just can't figure it out because he can't see the ball. Oh, that's very true too. I guess I never really thought of it like that. Thank you for uh, bringing such a, an interesting perspective to, um, to light here. True. And I mean, the things like 
obviously I'm a fan of Clint Frazier. I like his bat. I like his attitude, which uh, I mean, the elders of Yankees fans don't because he's different. He's not Aaron Judge. He wears Jordans that are custom made into spikes of the plate. I like that a lot. I think that's awesome. He's He gives himself awesome nicknames. That's great. But when he was coming up through our system, I mean, and Cleveland system, Cleveland projected him to be a center fielder. I don't think. Yes. Yeah. yeah I don't think we ever saw him as that. But like nobody ever said like, oh, like the bat, the bat plays. Sure. But he's going to play you out of a game with his terrible defense. Nobody that didn't come up a single time. Mm-mm. Nobody no. ever mentioned it. I mean, it's definitely worth a look into whether that's, you know, some issues with uh, the concussion symptoms that he had, because that could be a huge deal. You know, he people is are making already... the routine plays now. Right, exactly. And that's more than half the game. <laughs> it's making routine plays. Um, I'm just looking at his batting um, this year in spring training. I mean, he's only played. There's only been three games. He's only played yeah, in three yeah, games. Yeah, it's early, so it doesn't really count. But I just, I like the yeah. way he works. But he's already walked twice, which is almost the same amount of walks he had last year when he played in 18 games. So maybe well, he's yeah, he lucky. wasn't. He wasn't up there to walk now last year. Yeah, he was up there no. to swing the bat. And he's not. He didn't strike out yet. Um, last year he struck out at least almost once a game. Um, and in that point, you know, you just don't really know how many at bats he's really getting because typically they'll go up and have one or two at bats, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's something to keep an eye on. You know, if he's being a little more patient at the plate um, and then he's waiting for those really good pitches and with those quick hands, unstoppable. Exactly. And I know I feel like it, it must have been Katie Sharp who tweeted this stat out. So this will be our Katie Sharp stat of the week mm-hmm. when. Clint Frazier, I don't know the exact numbers either because this was like months ago, but it stuck with me. When Clint Frazier swings and misses, like he does that a lot more than he like fouls a pitch off or he hits like weak contact. Like when he misses a pitch, he misses it. And mm-hmm. that's low key kind of a benefit because when he's missing it, you're not getting those like Dallas Keuchel's not getting him to roll over one to shortstop. He's either going right. to strike out or he's going to destroy the ball because that's just that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. So, that's yeah. Dangerous. So, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on for Clint um, and especially his defense. So thanks. For, that's a pretty good point to bring up. I'm uh, I'm excited to see what he's got and hopefully he gets an opportunity. I felt honestly, I felt the same way about Tyler Wade. Um, you know, I feel like he he never really got a fair, fair shot because Glaber Torres was just so much more talented. You get DJ LeMahieu, you have Gio Urshela coming in, who's just incredible right off the bat. And then you've got Miguel Andujar. He really didn't have an opportunity in the infield to really make a dent in um, for the New York Yankees. So Yeah, even in the outfield, too. I mean, you think back to last spring before we get Mike Talkman, it's like, all right, like Tyler Wade is going to be on this roster, whether it's just mm-hmm. in a pinch running role or, I mean, he can play left and right, can't really play center, except if we really needed him to. He's probably athletic enough. And right. then after spring training, before the season starts, it's Tyler Wade's on his way to New York, gets called. We just got Mike Talkman. You're going to Scranton. Mm-hmm. Like, right. ugh, that, had to, that had to make him feel so shitty. Be like, right. I made it through spring. I'm going to New York. I'm going to be on the opening day roster. There's no more spring training left. There's nothing we can possibly do right now. Hold mm-hmm. on, my phone's ringing. I'm going to Scranton. Right. Exactly. And, um, 
you know, interestingly enough, talking about Scranton, I did want to bring this up because this was a topic of conversation today. Um, and actually, there was an article written, um, I believe, through CBS Sports um, on minor league baseball players uh, by R.J. Anderson. Um, mm. So basically the fact that, um, you know, there are some there have been some pay raises and things like that, but still minor league baseball players are making just about four hundred dollars, you know, yeah, a week. Nothing. And it's it's ridiculous. Um, so it was very interesting. Oh, sorry. My computer's making noise again. Um, but you can't hear it. No one can ever hear it. So you, you actually know crazy. what that reminds me of? Hmm. We are 40 minutes into this podcast. Yeah. I haven't seen your cat a single time. I hope she's still alive. Yeah, it's usually 20 minutes. It's been like exactly at the 20 minute mark since we started recording together. Well, I will be honest, and she did come up here as soon as I turned on my computer, and then she, like, hung around here for, like, 10 minutes as I was getting uh, ready. So maybe she just got the time out of the way quickly. There it is. All right, back to minor league baseball. Yes. So um, someone uh, mentioned a very interesting proposal um, of when you're going to minor league games. You know, a lot of times you're you can get close to the players. You meet the players, some of the cool prospects and stuff like that. However, um, they were saying that instead of, you know, just going up to get an autograph or something, you know, give them like a gift card to like Chipotle or, you know, something like that. And I was like, that's a really cool idea, you know, because that's something that they'll remember that they'll need and stuff like that. And I started a poll on my Twitter account, um, basically just kind of asking, I was like, so what's minor league baseball players? Like what's their favorite place to eat? Like quote unquote, fast food, um, you know, Chipotle, um, sometimes even like Moe's or Panera or something like that. And actually I just got a response from a Connor Gray, who is in, I believe the Diamondbacks organization. Um, and he said, Chick-fil-A. Nice. That's a good so, pick. Can't listen, eat there on Sundays, though. Yeah. If you're, going, if you're going for minor league games, you know, bring a little something because these guys really don't make much. And this article on CBS Sports really does help highlight a little bit more, even after the pay raises, um, just how much they're going to make. Mm-hmm. We got to ask Zach now, too. Yeah. 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 Have we'll have to ask the minor league. Yeah, we'll have them go around the whole minor league complex. Be like, hey, two random podcasters want to know where you like to eat fast food. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's uh, every situation is different. And, of course, you've also got a lot of minor league players that are maybe, you know, coming from a different country and don't speak English or don't speak English well. You know, mm-hmm. so what are they going to order? I heard, like, Glaber Torres on R2C2 a long time ago and um, – Maybe it was Luis Severino. It was one of the two of them. And they basically said, yeah, I, I was stuck in my room. I couldn't order anything because I had no idea how to speak English. Oh, we got to get them DoorDash. We got to yes! set them up on DoorDash immediately. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, very, very interesting and, you know, very sad that there have been so many adjustments to the minor league complexes in terms of renovations and no significant pay bump for uh, for players. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, people they want to get rid of so many minor league teams now so that they can quote unquote pay the players more, right? Like pay the actual players, but that's why do we have to get rid of teams that you can pay a team a living a player a living wage, right? Because like, they're not they're not getting paid living wages and they they give up so much of their time. You can't make it in this game unless it's your life. 
right. can't be doing anything else on the side. Like, this is it. This is baseball. This is what you do. You can't get by on $300 a week. That's why you've no got way. guys like in AAA. We have that, that famous story about the funeral home. Like, guys are literally living in a funeral home, and it's like a known thing in Scranton. Like, mm-hmm. you live in the funeral home if you can't afford to live anywhere else. That's right. super weird. You shouldn't <laughs> ever have to resort to living in a funeral home. That well, shouldn't be a thing. Certainly not normal. <laughs> so, hey, do you want to, like, talk about some positives here besides Miguel Andujar? Yeah, what you got? Well, I just wanted to say, like, in terms of uh, in terms of camp and everything – Really, really impressive performances so far. We talked about Miguel Andujar. We talked about Clint Frazier, um, especially at the plate. And Jordan Montgomery. Look at that. That's your guy. Love Gumby. Gumby's looking pretty good. Um, Gumby would have had the second best ERA. If his 2017 carried over to 2019, he would have had the second best ERA on the team. But we're going to act like he's maybe the fifth starter. Fuck out of here. It's Gumby. Let's go. Listen, the worry is that he's coming off, you know, not pitching for a whole season. Tommy John surgery. You just don't know. I'm honestly, I'm not afraid of Tommy John surgery anymore. It's not like it was 10 years ago. Like they come back with literally bionic elbows now. It's ridiculous. Nathan of Nathan of had three of those motherfuckers. He throws a hundred miles per hour with a heavy ball. Like I'm not worried about it. Yeah, he's he's looked good so far in camp, um, you know, and especially with uh, Severino going down, you know, Montgomery's going to be in the rotation. There's really no Absolutely. question about it. It's coming down to who's the fifth starter now. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, so far, I, I think from what I'm understanding and what I've heard on the broadcast today between I think it was Ryan Ruka was comment oh, commenting on Rukes. it. I miss yeah, Rukes so much. He was uh, he was commenting and basically just saying Debbie Garcia probably needs more time in the minor leagues. David Cohn was agreeing yeah. with that too, um, and whatever David Cohn says goes. Like we just know oh, that. Yeah. Um, but saying he needed a little more time in the minor leagues, I mean that could be a prime opportunity for someone like Michael King to come back up through. Um, you know, I just, like King. I like yeah, King. Just for see the what he has. Spot. You know. I like I, it's like a weird hybrid that I really like of of King and Clark Schmidt, where if I mean, they both have a lot of options still because Clark Schmidt's never played in the majors. King mm-hmm. only came up for September and he was here for one game like they have. So they both have options. So you can kind of mix and match a little easier than previously. Um, they're similar pitchers, but, you know, if if. They're both going to be on an innings limit. So if King starts getting up there, you can send him down, bring Schmidt up. Like it's definitely not going to be Garcia until September, maybe in a bullpen role. But I mean, mm-hmm. he's what, 21 years old? Yeah. Let him develop. It's fine. Everything's going to be just fine. Exactly. Um, and they're saying, of course, well, there was that whole uh, snafu there with George King who said that Luis Sesso was getting Tommy John that was surgery. terrifying. <laughs> Everyone's like him too, but of course, all those people were the ones that were like, "Get rid of Luis Sessa." So, hmm, questionable. But um, Luis Sessa you know, for closer. <laughs> but uh, honestly, all uh, all aboard that train, all aboard, all aboard. I love it. 
But <laughs> Luis Sessa, you know, Chad Green, they basically decided we're, we're not going to do what we did with them last year. We're not going to try and get them, you know, to be starters, pitch four innings and stuff like that, and then go back to the bullpen. You know, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep them in the bullpen. They found the place where they're most comfortable and more successful. So yeah. keep them in the bullpen. Great. Now we got these younger guys. Test them out. See what happens. I mean, I still like Chad Green as the opener. I still, mm-hmm. I still hate the term opener because it's your start. It's still your starting pitcher. Just because you're not expecting them to go five innings doesn't mean they're not the pitcher who's starting the game. I think it's dumb. Besides the point, Chad Green last year as the opener, the Yankees went 11 and four. Of mm-hmm. course, he was backed up by Nasty Nestor, who's not here, and he's a very different kind of pitcher than Green was. I think we're gonna miss Nestor Cortez a lot this year. I think so, too. A lot of people laugh and use him as a punchline, but the guy got some he, stuff done. He he was yeah. an innings eater, for sure. Mm. And we we sent him up and down with no regard for, for his career whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He was so, so versatile. Mm-hmm. Quick pitch, slow pitch, high cheese, down curveball. So where did Nestor went? to seattle seattle okay yeah. that's what i was thinking um speaking of ex-yankees that went to other places um greg bird of course is in texas and i saw a video of him mouth not mouthing i guess lip syncing in a way <laughs> so you're, you're saying that greg bird is happy now greg bird's happy i think <laughs> good, good um, for him one of his teammates and him kind of like redid the scenes from Step Brothers when they go and do the joint interviews. It is prime viewing. Prime viewing. Like, it is hilarious. And he looks so happy. And you know what? Our little bird has flown the coop, but I think he's doing well. What time today did you think of that pun? Literally, that took me no time at all. I just came up with it right now. <laughs> I guess that's just how your brain works these days. That's how good I am, James. That's how good I am. Um, And then, of course, I think by far the all-star of spring training camp so far is the Yankees content team. Miking up players? Brilliant. Genius. Brilliant. Can we even say that's genius anymore? I feel like people have been saying do this for like four years. We're like, we want this. Do this. This is the content we want. This is the content we need. This is the content we deserve. With the world of baseball just burning to the ground, we have Zach Britton, Tyler Wade, and Tommy Canely bringing joy back to our lives. It's incredible. Give me those unintelligible Tommy Canely noises all day. I think that's it. But honestly, I am kind of mad at the Yankees because they've been holding out on us on how hilarious Zach Britton is. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Yeah, how did I not know he was hilarious? I honestly, thought he was just your average run-in-the-mill pitcher. Just come in, get your work done, and go home. No, exactly. And he's like, you know, he's a veteran. He's older. And he was he was incredible. And the conversation he had with Tanaka about his hair, <laughs> highlight of my day. That was the cutest thing. Like, it made me want to scoop Tanaka up, put him in my pocket, and protect him from all the world's evil forever. Put him in your so, pocket. So cute. It was adorable. You know what You know what that reminds me of? Which is, this is going to be a very somber note for half a second. Um, the biggest part about losing Luis Severino this year, for me, is that him and Tanaka are literally best friends. And I wanted that oh, no. content in my life. 
and it it makes no sense on how they become best friends because English is the both of their second languages, and it's the buffer language between their two independent languages. Like, how much time do you think gets spent uh, on like side conversation? Like, everyone in the locker room speaks speaks the language of baseball, but mm-hmm. how much time do you think Sevi and Tanaka spend just like shooting the shit where they need? <laughs> They need Tanaka's got to go to his interpreter to interpret to English to Sevi's interpreter to interpret to Sevi in Spanish and then come all the way back around. And they're just like best friends anyway. <laughs> and that's awesome. Honestly, what if they're just insulting each other the entire time, but they're like mixing up their words. So really, they don't know what's going on. And they're just kind of like, oh, we're best friends. But really, they're being mean to each other unintentionally. But we just don't Honestly, know. Isn't isn't that what best friendship really is? Just Honestly, being mean to each other and putting up with it absolutely that's the definition of best friendom <laughs> of course but again besides the point um making yeah. up the players absolutely genius so great i mean tommy canely just a riot like his his solo uh part was just hilarious but also in zach he played a key role in zach Britton's uh video there when he was of talking course. to himself and he's like who are you talking to tommy and he's like myself I'm going to have that, that reaction saved to my phone for the rest of time. Just like Britton turning and looking at the camera like Jim from The Office. Just being like, you hear that? Tommy's talking to himself. And then Zach Britton, like, you know, talking to David Hale about the entrance and stuff. And he's like, oh, man, like when Chappie comes in, you know, everyone just leaves the dugout because they can't handle it. He's like, yeah, he's got fire on the screen. And <laughs> yeah, I need fire. I need fire. And then Tyler Wade, you know, going around. It was it was kind of cool because I, I feel like we don't really get to know the personality much of Tyler Wade. But we also got to see that Brett Gardner is a savage and just rips his <laughs> rips his hoodie, which was pretty freaking hilarious. Oh, yeah. And Wade was he was so clearly really upset about it. And he's just trying to play it cool for the cameras because he knows he's mic'd up. He's like, oh, that's <laughs> that's unbelievable. And the cameras leave. And he's like, Brett, honestly, I've had about enough of this bullshit. All right. I'm on camera. Okay. Can we not? Can we not? <laughs> and then, of course, Tommy Canely running around yelling at people and then walking across the field and going, I'm, I'm going to go go annoy some people. <laughs> That's Typical I mean, that, Tommy. We already knew that about him. Like, in oh, Garrett my- Cole's press conference his first day, he was like, I've gotten to know Tommy really well. I haven't talked to him, but I can just hear him everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, one of the greatest moments of last season was that one game when they hit the walk-off and he flew into the bullpen wall, the plexiglass yeah. wall there. <laughs> just runs around the bullpen and then just body slams into the wall. Oh, man, we don't deserve Tommy. We don't. And Tommy is thick. He proved it in that video. Absolutely. Also, one, one more thing about Tyler Wade's video was you're showing the personalities of everyone. That's great. And then it cuts to one scene of him turning a double play with DJ LeMahieu, and he just fist bump. Good work, bro. That's it. That's DJ's. That's DJ's entire personality. He's like, I'm not about this mic'd up life. Like, I'm here to get work done. We congratulate each other when we make the play. That's it. Don't try to get to know me as a person. Honestly, I feel like they should mic up DJ LeMahieu so that we can literally see the inner workings of his mind. Like he's in the cafeteria, like tuna fish or chicken salad. Hmm. And then just walks away. <laughs> or just a video that's a minute and a half of silence. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. That he's yeah. just like he just exists. His entire life is that. <laughs> if there's anyone you want to see mic'd up, 
that you haven't seen yet, who would you want to see mic'd up on the Yankees team? Oof, that's a tough one. I kind of want to see Gardy just because I know if he gets mic'd up, like we're going to spend an entire afternoon talking about it. And Why? I'm very interested in having that conversation because you're his stalker. What? No, I didn't. Nope. Uh, but who else? Mm, I feel like I feel like Miggy is actually low key kind of funny. I, feel I like think he, so. he, I would love yeah. to see Glaber. I think Glaber would be adorable. I feel yeah, like he would I could see that. He would go around to everyone and yada yada. But I, you know, I was surprised. I, I enjoyed Zach Britton as much as I did. Um, obviously, Tommy Canley is a just nut job. Like we knew mm-hmm. it was going to be hilarious. But I don't know. Like I love seeing these people like that are low key hilarious, and we had no idea. Just a completely different personality on the field. Mike Ford. Oh, Mike Ford's one. I would like to see Mike Ford just like exist. <laughs> Luke Voigt, I'm sure Luke Voigt would be entertaining too. You know, there's, I feel like they should just keep this going all season long. I would definitely tune in. I've already watched those videos like 12 times each, if not more. They just got to mic everybody up on the same day. Just be like, all right, everyone's got a mic today. Let's, let's do some wild shit today. It's like in those uh, celebrity softball games that they do during the all-star game weekend. Absolutely. Or like uh, last, last spring training. When they, they mic'd up Mookie Betts during a game and you could just, it, a fly ball gets hit to him and he's just like, oh, I'm not going to get to this one, boys. And you can hear his chains rattling. Like, that was a great video. That's what, yeah. that's the shit they got to be doing. Exactly. You want to market the game? You're going to market the players. Give them a personality. They're not just ball players. Speaking of players having personalities, Madison Bumgardner competes in rodeos. <laughs> Yes. Alias. <laughs> yes, he does. What the fuck? <laughs> if that wasn't the most WTF news you got out of this week, like, incredible. I'm amazed. Like, I know it's that they lead, like, thing. I know that they lead, like, secret lives, but it's just so casual, apparently. Like, oh, yeah. No, it's like the worst kept secret in the rodeo circuit. It's like, oh, yeah, Mason Saunders? You mean, you mean Mad Bum, right? Like, yeah, he's competing this weekend. It's like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> this is the same guy that missed a whole year because he got in a dirt bike accident? So now he's like, let me strap onto a horse and wrangle a fucking pig. Like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yep, seems appropriate to me. And we were discussing a little bit earlier, trying to figure out, like, Yankees and what they would do for their secret jobs and stuff like oh, that. I, got, I still got nothing. I'm still convinced that Tommy Canely is like a an assisted living activities director for senior citizens because he would just be like, bingo, you know, and then make weird noises. <laughs> More unintelligible Tommy noises. These yeah, are exactly. actually unintelligible. It's not because the hearing aids are going out. Right, exactly. They'd be like, what? I can't hear you. But no one can hear him. You know, oh, we just we don't those, understand. Those Tommy. poor seniors. Those poor seniors. They just want to relax. They've retired. They got all the kids out of the house. They're like, I'm just trying to spend my last few years just enjoying life, soaking it all in. And then here comes Tommy Canely busting through the door at seven o'clock in the morning. Like it's breakfast time. (laughs) All the, all the ladies would be all over him though. You know, they'd love it. (laughs) I I don't know. I work with senior citizens. I know what it would be like. He's perfect. He's perfect for that position. He's perfect for it. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. So let's, 
I mean, let's we'll write a letter to the Yankees. I mean, I honestly, I know Tommy's a good pitcher, but I think he's really wasting his talents. Mm-hmm. He's much better potential in uh in the senior care circuit. Fair. All right, what else you got? Um. Well, I guess I just wanted to ask, what's your uh, what's your panic meter on Aaron Judge? Oh, zero. I'm at zero. Zero. Okay. I'm not I'm not panicked at all because they, I mean they even said today Boone said if this was the season he'd probably be playing, but why why mess around with that if you don't have to? It's just let him rest. Right. It's February. I just I worry, I worry only because of last he's year. One of, He's one of those guys that, you know, he played through all of 2018. Um, yeah, 2018 with a massive shoulder injury. And he yeah. just played through it. He had a shoulder injury in uh, 2017, too. That pretty much lost him the MVP, even though he probably okay. still should have won. But if he if he had been half of what the first half of the season judge was, if he had been half of that in the second half of the season, he would have run away with the MVP. Mm-hmm. He hit like 179 in the second half. Huh. It was not good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm a little concerned, especially with the recent news coming out. Mercury's in retrograde, so it's like bad news all around. Like, you just don't know, okay? So you have to be prepared. I think I think we're just, we're, we just have trauma from last year. Yeah. Where I mean, we're talking about Aaron Hicks. We're like, oh, like uh, he's got a he's got a thing. Maybe he'll be ready by opening day. Maybe he'll miss the first series, or we don't see him until June. Talk about Luis Severino. Uh, I don't know. Maybe May. I don't know. He's kind of hurt, but we'll see how he progresses. And then we don't see him until the last week of the season. Dylan Batanzas. We got no idea what's wrong with that guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want that to happen again. But I feel like it's a little bit different, especially because some of these injuries are are still straining from last year. Right. So it's like Paxton had this last year. Severino had this last year. We have this new medical staff coming in. So I don't think I don't hope it's going to be different. But <laughs> I just I do worry. I'm a worrier. That's what I do. But that's okay. fair. I just let's wanted just to check to, on the panic meter opening here. Day. Opening day like, healthy. I was Relatively. like, am I overreacting? I'm not really sure. So you have confirmed that I might meter? you have you have confirmed I might be overreacting slightly. Just slightly though. Not too so much. Scale of one to ten, what's your panic meter? Four. Okay, that's still less than half. It is, it is. You're not really to a panic, you you're just, just talked me down too before that it was like a six. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you were you were fairly concerned. I, I was I was quite concerned, yes. Well, also, the other thing is I don't want him to get that reputation of being an injury-prone player because... No, it's going to hurt him in the long run. Right. Especially right. especially money-wise. Exactly. You know, once you start getting the money, like, if the Yankees think he's too injury-prone for a long-term contract, somebody else is going to take him. Like, somebody will do that. They'll say, I don't know, let's see if he can stay healthy. Let's give him that long-term contract. Let's go oh, sure. for that eighth year when the Yankees will only go seven, and then we're gonna lose Aaron Judge, and I don't, I don't like that one bit. Aaron Judge and Greg Bird are going to win the Texas Rangers a World Series don't, championship. No, don't say that. Don't Why? say that. I don't like Why? that. I don't Why? like that. I don't like don't that. Like don't that? say that. I don't want that mental image in my head. Well, it's there. It's there. Go watch that video of Greg Bird. He's very happy. I will. I'm glad. I'm glad he's happy elsewhere. I hope he has a great year. Me too. All right, well, well, we'll wrap it up there then. Uh, wow, we covered a whole lot today. 
We did actually, yes. And I think the most important thing we covered is I'm not the stalker. Mm, I think that's nine times. We definitely believe you. See you. Bye.